0: Good morning. morning. Father Jose is off this weekend, as you can see. He's not with us. So I would just ask you and encourage you to continue to pray for him. (coughs) Excuse me. Keep his family in your prayers as well. Um, That their safe travel uh, will land them where they need to be and then bring them home safely to us. Um, I want to say to you that when I started the work on the sermon this week, uh, that I found myself... So I know you are as well, face to face with a new commandment. A new commandment given by Christ himself. Let me start by putting into context our gospel reading today. Now we're still in the season of Easter. This is the fifth Sunday after Easter for those of you who follow. But this passage of scripture uh, actually takes place just before the crucifixion. This new commandment is given in the upper room where they had gathered for the Passover feast. Judas has taken the bread and wine from Jesus, the symbols of his body and blood of the new covenant that was also established at this moment. And Judas, after taking the communion, hurriedly left to go betray Jesus. That's one thing that we could expand upon, I'm sure, but not today. Now, Jesus is speaking to the rest of the disciples in the upper room. He knows that the time of arrest, crucifixion, and death is now. He says, he and the Father are glorified, and tells them he will not be with them much longer. He says, where I am going, you cannot come. So now, I say to you, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I believe it is important for us to take note of the time and the place because both make this new commandment vitally important and vitally relevant both then and now. Jesus knows what is coming. He knows how these disciples will be rocked to the core of their foundation as these events occur. And he knows so well that when our world is rocked instead of hanging on to one another our natural inclination is to run Filled with either doubt or fear or confusion or whatever it is. But he also knows the world is watching his disciples during these events. To help them, to draw them together, to make sure they are not torn asunder. And to make a powerful and mighty witness to all he issues. This new commandment, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This new commandment, as I said before, is given at the same time the new covenant is established. Emphasizing that this new commandment has a uniqueness and an importance that wasn't there before. If we love one another the way he loves us, this love will keep us together in times of doubt, confusion, disappointment, even catastrophe. This new kind of love is the power and strength inherent in our transformation as his disciples. Why? Because loving one another like he loves us means regardless of what we are facing, we will hold tight first to him and then to each other. Hiding or running will not be an option. We will use reason, patience, communication, and love to tackle the tough things we face. We will wait. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. For what? As our strength will rise. We will be patient. Not a a long suit of maybe many of us. I so no, it's certainly not mine. But we will be patient. We will struggle through the challenge we face. I'm not going to tell you it's a rose garden. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. I'm not going to tell you that it's a piece of cake if you wait upon the Lord. And if you use his strength. It's still a struggle. It's still hard. But he does that work in us. We will not turn on one another, but stand together, choosing to love, in spite of all our natural human tendencies, to find someone, anyone, to blame. Isn't that what we do? We look outside of ourselves for that one person that one thing. That's to blame. That's the fault. And then we, we make it even worse. We stir it around even more. And we start judging one another for our failures in some way. If we choose to, how do I know this? How do you think I know this? Exactly. I've been here. I know this. If we choose to love one another as He loves us, we won't find it so easy to run away. Believe me, I've tried. How many people do you and I know that have left a church because someone failed them in some way? I'm not talking about orthodoxy and standing strong and steadfast. Uh, On the Christ that we know based on scripture. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about decisions uh, based on personal conscience or conviction. I am talking about those things where a person is disillusioned or disappointed or hurt or angered over some situation and just walks away. That's what I'm talking about. Now I have to tell you, I've been guilty of that. Some of you in this congregation know that. I've done that twice. Do you think that's easy for me to admit or want to tell you? No, it isn't. Twice, I walked away. Twice, I looked for something outside of myself to blame for my walking away so that I would have good reason for it. Do you see where I'm standing today? The Lord doesn't allow us to walk away. When He wants us somewhere, He's going to work it so that you have no choice but to be where He wants you. And that's why I'm standing here today. I've been guilty of what I'm talking about. So if you think this sermon is for you, <laughs> now this sermon was Jesus talking to me personally, up close up close and intimate and I'm just sharing with you this conversation as I said before when I walked away I was very good at finding and placing fault at someone else's door but what Jesus tells us today if we choose to love each other as Christ did we will learn the depth and the breadth of forgiving one another Of forgiving ourselves even. Hard as that is. We will learn the value of unity in diversity. And no, it's not just a pat little description. Unity in diversity. That's what the church is. That's how God designed it. That's how he wants it to operate. That's what he calls it to. This unity in the diversity of who we are. I want you to believe the words of Jesus. I want you to believe me, the voice of experience. The world does watch. And the world does judge God based on who we are. If we surrender to His love, if we receive His love, And if we act in his love, then the world will say, look, look how they love one another. Instead of thinking and saying, Christianity isn't relevant and it certainly doesn't work. How do we want the world to judge God, to judge the church? The power, might, and existence of our God will be known in this world through his love. Because his disciples, you and I, love each other the way he loves us. Now if this isn't enough, Jesus adds another layer of importance on this new commandment to love. In that the way we fulfill this commandment is an undeniable mark of our discipleship. So, we can ask the question honestly what is this love? Letting love unfold in ways that will convict or challenge us. Or we can ask this question what is this love? And let it remain cloaked in mystery because it is simply too hard for us human beings to love each other in the same way that Christ loved us. After all, He was God. We're not. So I can't do this. I can't love you the way He loves you. Can I? I had no choice. But to ask honestly and pursue, what is this love? Because my Lord and Savior has had me on this journey from the beginning of my pursuing ordination unto this point. He's teaching me and learning, helping me learn, growing me in spite of myself in this new kind of love. He has and he's showing me what it means to love As he loves me. And yes. I'm going to tell you. It is hard. It is really hard. I fail. More than I care to tell you. But when I fail. I get on my knees. I confess it. I weep over it. And I repent of it. And I have to tell you. That the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ pours over me. Pours over me. And he says, stand up. Do it again. That's been my journey. Now there are some things we can know about this love now. Number one, love is not optional. This says a new commandment not a new request a new commandment so it's not optional love is not simply a feeling you know how when things are going really good and, and you've had some successes and everybody everything is just you know, wonderful and warm and fuzzy and all of that kind of stuff and you meet people and you're just happy and so it's easy isn't it? to love Isn't it? It's easy to show it, to express it, hug people, laugh, you know, give high fives the whole nine yards. But that's a feeling. And love is not a feeling. Love is not convenient, nor easy or dependent upon the right conditions. In other words, you can't, I can't expect you to be what I want you to be before I love you. Did Christ do that with us? No. What he said is that while we were still sinners. He didn't ask us to clean up our act. Dust ourselves off. And be holy and righteous. And then. He will love us. And make us holy. That's not what he said. While we were sinners. He loved us. So. Love is not something we offer when we feel like it and withdraw or withhold it when our expectations are not met. Love is not a pawn to be used for gain or well-being. It is not to satisfy our right to be right. We have the right to be right, don't we? No, we don't. <laughs> I <Jim. laughs> didn't catch him. He knew. We don't have the right to be right. We've given up our right to be Christ-right. It is not a weapon used to gain what we think we want through manipulation or threat or guilt. How many of us are really good at laying on guilt? There's one hand. Is that it? (laughs) I think most of us are pretty good masters at laying on guilt. That's not love. Love is more than a verbal declaration. For in saying the words, there must be a substance. Proof that the words are true. The proof of love is found in our deeds and our actions. And loving one another extracts from us, each one of us, a sacrifice. Which sometimes comes at great cost to our emotions, and to our feelings, and to the actions of our behavior. <laughs> I was, as I was working on this sermon, I was talking to someone. Um, by the way, just we'll share this little side. Do you know that I preached this almost the same sermon last year? This very same fifth Sunday after Easter. At that time, it was love was so amazing. I actually went back and I thought, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe I should just recycle. It's a busy week. Nobody will know. Nobody remembers sermons, right? Wrong. Wrong. Exactly. But as I sat and prayed and listened, I knew that the Lord's word was fresh for today. And so it is. And so that's what this is about. The proof of love is found in our deeds and actions. Loving one another extracts from us sacrifice to our emotions and to the actions of our behavior. Oh, I started to tell you a story. It just came back to me. I was talking to someone about this and I told him, I said, yeah, I said, the, the sermon is on love. And the person kind of laughed because they knew I was having kind of a tough day. And I said, yeah, I said, I don't think I really want to love anybody. All I want to do is stomp on them one of the times I get down on my knees and confess and be so grief stricken that I didn't fulfill the commandment to love even in jest those words are hurtful and those words our God is judged by because the person I was talking to was not a believer so you know what the Lord had me do Go to that person and apologize and say, you know, I was trying to be funny, but it really wasn't funny. The sermon is on love, the love of God for his people. And I want you to know that God loves you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The love we have for God is measured and evident in the way we give expression to loving the people of God. It is looked at. It is measured by the world and by God. And that's a heavy, heavy responsibility. The measure with which I love God is seen and known and evidenced in the way I love you. So I can sit all day long and say Lord I love you with all my heart with all my strength with all my mind with all my soul. But if I don't show that by loving you it means absolutely nothing. It's words. No power. No meaning. No strength. Our love For one another is probably the most powerful weapon we have to convince a love-starved, needy, and lost world that God is real and that he is mighty to save. This love defined is a new kind of love, Jesus says. It's also a sacrificial love. And it's a visible love. It was love that chose us and saved us. It was the love of the early disciples that turned the world upside down. Now I've said this commandment and I've said it more than once that Jesus, that this commandment of Jesus is a new kind of love. So what makes it so? This is not the first time we have been told to love one another. It's throughout scripture, Old Testament and new. Even the second greatest command is to love your neighbors as yourself. So what makes this new commandment so different? Because this commandment is clearly given to the disciples about the disciples. This love is specifically interrelational within the people of God. There is an intimacy of relationship that makes this a whole new ballgame. Jesus is calling his disciples to a higher standard of love. To his standard of love. This is a commandment. For which we are accountable and will give answer for. I want you to know that. We will be held accountable and give answer to how we've loved one another. I believe we can safely say to imitate Jesus as he was with the disciple is the best model of who we are to be and how we are to love. By example, we see this high standard of love in action. When they failed, he forgave them. As they succeeded, he encouraged and rewarded them with greater faith and greater strength. We see this in all the stories of scripture and the people of God. The lessons to love were hard learned. Look at Peter. He didn't succeed at first. Look at Paul. He loved God the Father with a passion beyond passion. But he had to be knocked off a horse and blinded to know the love of Christ. Despite their differences, the disciples found the way into unity. Loving one another and putting themselves aside for the glory and honor of God, they suffered. You know the stories. They suffered, they were beaten, they were imprisoned, they were mocked, they were ridiculed. Nothing turned them aside from their Lord or from one another, they were in it together. This new kind of love is sacrificial. I don't have to tell you that Jesus sacrificed everything. Everything. I don't have to give you point one two three four. You know what it is. He sacrificed everything. He sacrificed the glory to become flesh and to dwell with us. He died and rose again that we might have life and have it abundantly the sacrifice he made for us he commands we make for one another it's the same commandment if you doubt this truth I want you to listen to the words written for our understanding in John chapter 15 verse 13 greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus not only laid his life down for his friends. He laid his life down for his enemies. 1 John 3 verses 16 through 19. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives For the brethren, for the people of God. But whoever has this world's goods, and see his brother in needs, and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And Ephesians. Chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love also as Christ has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Yeah. This new kind of love. Calls us to sacrifice the same sacrifice Jesus made for us. And is it a great sacrifice? Yes. This new kind of love is a visible love. Jesus declared, All will know that you are my disciples. Who we are inside the church is important. Because it determines who we are outside the church. The world needs many opportunities to observe the disciples in action. If the love of God is going to change our world, it only happens through us. Because we are his disciples, you and I. We must constantly examine whether our hearts are genuine. Is the work of grace of, is the work of grace transforming our souls? Is the work of the Holy Spirit, the regeneration, purifying our minds and our behaviors? Are we working out of our weakness where his grace is sufficient? Or are we working out of our strength? Working out of our own strength, I have to tell you, is failing to love as Christ loved us. Our strength is where we will find justification and rationalization. And where we will find reason for foolish talking and foolish behavior. Jesus says in his intercessory prayer in John that there will be a oneness in spirit, a oneness of mind, and a oneness of purpose. Oneness. That same oneness found in the Trinity relationship of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the oneness that needs to be found in us. We need that oneness of mind, that oneness of spirit, that oneness of purpose. And that oneness is the visible and observable love of the disciples and is only possible through the hard work of honor, patience, and the ability to forgive and be forgiven. Now, I could say many things right there. But I asked the Lord to shorten it. Because you should have seen. I had like four pages. This is what he gave me. This is the foundation. This is the approach. This is the work. The work of honor. The work of patience. And the ability to forgive... And be forgiven. This is where Christ's love is made visible. In our actions. In our attitudes. In our walk of life. In the way we reflect love for one another. Now in Revelation. The Revelation reading we have today. We have a worship scene in heaven. And a a few words in. It says quote. Amen exclamation. Alleluia exclamation quote. And you read that, Amen and Alleluia. Then a voice came from the throne. Who's sitting on the throne? I'm sorry? Jesus. Jesus is sitting on the throne. And this scripture says, Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all of his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. The sound of worship swelled and filled heaven. And I encourage you to read this passage on your own. Because if your heart doesn't swell and enlarge with the worship of God, I don't know what will make it. But the sound of worship swelled and filled heaven. And the worshipers were glad and rejoiced, giving glory to God and saying, The marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. I never caught that before. The fine linen, the clean and white and bright linen of the bride are the righteous acts of the saints. Our attitudes, the way we talk, the way we behave, our hearts transformed and filled with his divine love. Folks dear ones it matters who we are in the trenches of our life we will find ourselves in positions of making hard and tough choices but our journey into this new kind of love will make us who we are as we make those hard and tough choices These are righteous acts. Bring glory to God. And then it goes further and it says, Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And so what I want to say to you here now, Know it to be the truth. This new commandment to love one another is a true saying of God. Our love for one another is the greatest test of our discipleship. Let our minds be so convinced. Let our hearts be so filled to overflowing with honoring God. That the outworking of our righteous deeds how we treat each other, what we say about each other, are strong proof that we do love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And because we love Him, that love is given in our righteous acts. It's given in the expression of Of our love. For each other. Amen.